Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. We're going to have a great show, as usual, when uh, Larry and Bobby Stewart are on. They're, they're so much fun. Uh, Larry, you had a, you um, kind of was a little bit away from us for a couple of days, but you're back to normal again. You, well, I'm not back to normal, but I'm back. That's uh, what I'm happy yeah, about. I'm well, glad you're back. Oh, am I? Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better. I had a little setback. We don't know yet what it was. Probably was a stroke. Uh, but we got doctors, I mean, out to yin-yang for the next uh-huh. month. And, uh, it was a, a mini-stroke, right? Probably, That's what they think, it probably. was a mini-stroke. I got, I got to go to a heart doctor. I got to go, and everybody says, well, it can't be your heart because you ain't got one. Well, maybe not. And uh, then I got to go to the stroke clinic, and just we're, we're find, trying to find out what's wrong. And the problem, Truman, I couldn't talk. My my words. Were, now that's a tragedy that right there when you can't man. talk. Can you imagine? No. And so anyway, uh, that last that was a, a week ago Monday. Yeah. And so uh, we called Doctor Eggley and he said go to the emergency room because they've got all the equipment. Yeah. But they do, and uh, they put me in there and they started jabbing me and sticking stuff on me and. I didn't come out till Wednesday night, but uh, they they think I probably had a mini stroke, and I've had one before. So and it feels the same way, but uh, I'm I'm up and kicking, and uh, we're we're glad that we can be back on the radio. Oh, me and, too. Uh, we go we go to the heart doctor today. I got to wear a heart monitor, uh-huh. and uh, I got to get that. Then uh, my blood pressure was so high, it was why I was, I think, I had to go to the hospital. Uh, and this, my blood pressure is always, you know, better than anything else I've got. Yeah. And when I got over to the uh, hospital, it was 220 over 90-something. gosh. Now, that is stroke territory. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they said, well, we got to get that down. I said, we sure do. And finally, Wednesday about lunch. They checked it and it was 145 over 60 something. So uh, that's a big that's usually improvement. Usually, what it runs now, why it got so high so quick, I don't know. And they don't know. I take blood pressure medicine and I was taking it. Yeah. But uh, it just, I think that was a problem. And I can see that being a problem. You know, it used to be that we had one doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he would take care of every little thing that would go wrong with you. Now, if you stub your toe, there's going to have 25 doctors trying to figure out what in the world happened. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's a little complicated, it isn't is. it? Everybody's got to make a living. Yeah. Uh, uh, for instance, yeah. Uh, I'm laying there in the, in the bed talking to Mimi, and my speech has come back, and they sent in a, what was it, Mimi, a speech path pathologist or yes they the last one we saw was someone that wanted larry to come in for speech therapy so they mm-hmm. would teach him how to talk again but now he re, he got his speech back monday night kind of late when he checked into the room so he yeah. talked just fine tuesday and wednesday yeah before we left and and we we told him we didn't need that right now. Right now, we needed other things checked out more importantly because he was talking again. Yeah. So that problem was solved, but we still didn't know 
The CAT scan did not show a recent stroke. It showed the old stroke from 2001. Hmm. So we were dealing with the stroke because he can't have an MRI. So they did an ultrasound on his neck and an ultrasound on his heart. And that's why we're going to a heart monitor. We're just eliminating things. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to a stroke clinic in February the 2nd, and they're going to reassess him. Mm -hmm. And if that time that he needs speech therapy, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. But I, I don't, you know, I didn't understand how that fit into the program. I cannot see me having speech therapy anywhere other than Sylvan Park. No, no. No, I'll take it down there, you and Joe Liggett and J.D. and Don Mosier and you rule down there. You yeah. rule down there. And I think that can get me into talking quicker than anything, is fussing at, at y'all, especially you and Terry Hodge. But I don't understand that. See, Terry and I are so nice to you yes, and you have are. been good. <laughs> all these, we have never said an unkind thing to you at all. Well, to your ever, face. Ever watch. <laughs> he uh, has to everybody have. Everybody loves Raymond and uh, yeah. mother, Marie yeah. Perone. She's got a way of cutting you down when you think she's, uh, you know, giving you a compliment. Yeah. That's you and Terry Hodge to the T. He has to have somebody to bounce off of. And when well, he, he when bounces real well. <laughs> and when y'all are not around, guess who it is? <laughs> Surely not you. Oh, yeah, yeah. As sweet as you are, you've you, you got a list that's a, a dictionary thick over there, what you're doing to take care of Larry right now. Well, no, I just I keep up with all these doctor appointments I made. They gave me a sheet, and you saw it. Mm -hmm. I, I've just take care of him. I'm, I'm picking up where his mother left off 59 years ago. <laughs> My mother never had to take care of me. I left home when I was 17 year old. So, yeah. His mother, his mother did everything in home, the house. Two years without anybody, uh, that was rough, Truman. So I come back home and I. You I were like me. She spoiled you, didn't That's you? right. I, I, I married the, the next best thing to my mother. And she's taken care of me for almost 60 years. And those two years was in junior college, and I can't imagine what his dorm room looked like. Well, I can tell you, you <laughs> had to holler suey when you walked through. That's how bad it was. And think, the bad part about that, my roommate T-Bone and I, we had the only room that had a bathroom in it mm -hmm. because it was the dorm supervisor's apartment. Okay. So there was two rooms and a bathroom in between them. Well, everybody hung out in our room. Mm -hmm. And so that that was part of the problem. Now, T-Bone and I didn't help things by, you know, we didn't clean up a lot. Uh, we'd, we'd go to laundromat, I don't know, Christmas and, and May, <laughs> something like that, and wash stuff, clean up, sweep. But uh, we, uh, and then the second year, T-Bone got married and I had a room with Mike. And he was a, a neat freak. He liked drove me crazy, you know, <laughs> sweeping. Now, I can agree, I can agree with you. That would drive me nuts. Yeah, he was, but Jackie said, wanted well, to know you know, if my mama ever made me do anything, even pick up socks and underwear on the floor, oh, yeah. all that. Boy, and that you know, was, but that, that was doing you a, a, that was a, that a, generation because yeah. your moms did not work outside but the they home. They spoiled us. But my mom did. Because my dad was away, we needed the extra income, so she worked at nursing homes and lamp factories, shoe factories. She worked everywhere, so the girls had to pick it up. There was three of us girls that were born in the first five years of their marriage, mm -hmm. and so we knew how to cook, clean, take care of babies, everything. So I'm glad my mom made us or taught us to do those things. Well, that was I've normal got, back then. I mean, it was just... I've got two sisters that are better homemakers than I am because I found work outside the home to help my mom. So mom and I would come in from work. They would have supper on the table, but my job was to clean up and wash the dishes. So, you know, I, it didn't hurt us. It didn't hurt us at all.
But you your, mean, ad, your attitudes change when you get jobs. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You mean you loaded the dishwasher? Huh? You mean that you loaded the dishwasher? No, no. We didn't know there was such a thing as a dishwasher. Would you go out to the creek when you... And, and, <laughs> no, that's right. You no, we did have yeah. running water. Uh-huh. We did have running water. But it, it was a learning process, and I don't regret it, not one minute. Not one minute. Where my mom my mom was a great caregiver, and I think she passed that on down yeah. because me and my two sisters are taking care of our husbands. Yeah. Being so, a caregiver is a blessing. It's to a blessing. the one who has been taken care of. It but really you've got is. to take care of yourself first Yeah. because if you get down, then who's going to take care of your significant other? You want to load that on to your children <laughs> you know for somebody like me who has been husband of the year two years if she's talking that i don't wait a minute who elected you husband self-appointed. of the year self-appointed oh, okay. I, got, I got you but anyway when she had hip replacements and then she was down for a year with that ankle who you think took up the slack for two weeks big willie <laughs> Big Willie help. Yeah. I won't thank Big Willie. Big yeah, Willie he would us. cook for you and everything. Yeah, and Big that Willie. reminds me, he brought us supper and breakfast the other night. Oh. And uh, we want to thank him for taking care of us. Thank Nikki and Diane. They brought us food. And uh, although, you know, neither one of us had any kind of an appetite, we did have to eat. Yeah. And uh, we've got some of the, the blessed people. Yeah. They're so blessed. That they, they can help others like they do. And uh, it's just amazing that our former students care so much about us, especially him. Yeah. It's just you, wonderful. You know, some people that you think, like when I gave them their diploma in high school, I thought they'd be in a penitentiary in, in a month, uh, are, have turned out to be the best people that I know. And, and they... They take care of me, and uh, and I appreciate it. And Big Willie can cook because he has to. And, you know, he made us a rice and chicken dish, and now it's nothing fancy. He, he don't do fancy stuff, but he does make some of the best sausage biscuits you ever put in your mouth. Sausage muffins. Uh, muffins, yeah, sausage muffins, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jan, Jan came by last night, and I said we had made a pot of pinto beans and Dad made some cornbread muffins, and I said, do you want some cornbread muffins? Yeah, I'll take some of those, and I'll take some of Willie's sausage muffins, too. So I gave three of them to them. But everybody knows Willie is a good cook. You know, it just shows you how important people who are in the education field are to be able to work out those type of relationships, Larry, that you had with all the students that went through last Cassis because you still have that um, family type atmosphere with them and, and maybe a lot of them did not have the the type of parents that uh, would um, lead them to some type of success but you did that and I think people really do appreciate that their well, uh, think, teachers I think they do yeah oh uh, they when, when Jan put this on Facebook, you'd be surprised at the people that look at Facebook, but there yeah. was people that I hadn't heard from in years commented about when they were in school. Yeah. And, uh, but I was lucky enough to be in a place that's different than any place in the world. And uh, well, when I, we, I found that out real quick. That's why I stayed 36 years. When we, when we went to Las Casas, as a family, mm -hmm. Larry and I, we were 20 and 21. I was 21. Yeah. and That means Bobby was 22. Yeah. Well, I yeah. wasn't going to say that. Mm -hmm. But this was our first time away from home together. Oh, wow. And uh, the older people in Las Casas just kind of adopted us and raised us and taught us. They picked up where our parents left off. And we learned so much 
from all those matriarchs and patriarchs in the Las Casas community mm-hmm. that we appreciated it. I mean, they just took us under their wings and showed us the way, and uh, it was wonderful. We just we flourished under yeah. their guidance. We really did. The good Lord paved a road for you to be in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That does make a difference. You, yes. you think about what was the movie, It's a Wonderful Life and all the things that happened. Everybody goes through that, mm-hmm. and it depends on which road you take. When the That's road right. divides, am I going to the right place or not? And, and and you guys did. I, coming to Rutherford County was really special, and going to Alaskas has made it even more special. Well, and, I, a person that had a, a big influence on my life was somebody that you wouldn't ever think of, and he was a janitor at Alaskas School, Fuzz mm-hmm. Neville. And uh, anybody that went to school at Alaskas High School will tell you that Fuzz was their buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he he. Took care of everybody. Now, he he rolled his own cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't hear that anymore. When I asked him one time, I said, Fuzz, won't you buy you a pack of cigarettes? He said, well, when I do, these old high school boys, they bum them off of me. <laughs> and he said, now they want a cigarette, and I had to miss the back of sack and the papers, and they don't know what to do, and they just, they just leave me alone. I said, well, I guess that makes There's sense. There's a lot of logic it to that. It makes sense, don't it? Yeah, it does. He was a great guy. Everybody loved Fuzz Neville. Uh, In in your life, would you have ever chose another field to go into than education? Well, yes. If I hadn't have been married, I would have played for the Globetrotters. But now that's that everybody said, ah, well, see, the Globetrotters takes a team to play against the Globetrotters. Yeah. And uh, they... The Washington something. Washington Generals. Generals, yeah. And so they approached me, and I guess it was because Coach Tricky had played with them. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody on that team is a specialist. You got your dunker, and you got your person that guards the dribbler, and you got the person that shoots a long shot, and that's what they wanted me for. Mm-hmm. And uh, they that was in 1964. And uh, they said, we'll pay That's you. That's a year after you graduated MTSU, that, right? That's right. I, yeah. that was, they wanted, they were going to pay me $10,000 a year and all the expenses fly everywhere. That's a lot of Man, money you're back talking then. about a great job. Yeah. And I told them, I said, if I wasn't married, I'd jump on this quick. And uh, But I wanted to be at home yeah. every night. And uh, that uh, we had another boy, Phil Meadows, he went and, he went and tried out with the, back then. Uh, the NBA was just getting started, and there wasn't that many teams. And wherever you went to college was determined who you played for. Mm-hmm. You were kind of zoned, and uh, Middle Tennessee State was zoned to the St. Louis Hawks. And so, remember if, them. if I wanted to play pro basketball, or Phil Meadows, or my, one of my teammates wanted to play. We mm-hmm. had to play with the St. Louis Hawks. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at the St. Louis Hawks roster, and I had seen some on TV. Uh, they had uh, the guy Sayu from LSU. What? The guy from LSU. They had Cliff, uh, Cliff Hagen from Kentucky. You're right. Bob Bettit from LSU. from LSU. They had a big guy from Kansas named Clyde Lavelle. That's Cy Hugo Green. And I thought, you know what? The best thing for me to do is take a coaching job at Las Casas and make $3,800 a year. And uh, But anyway, that, that that was the only other thing that I ever considered. Now, when Nissan opened up, uh, the principals took a tour of Nissan. Mm-hmm. And we went in, John Swafford, who was principal at Central High, assistant principal at Central High School and then the principal at Oakland, all right, Central. He, uh, he said, Stuart, you're young. You need to get out of this teaching and, and get you a job at Nissan. I said, you know what, John? I'm thinking about that. Now, why would he have said that? Well, I, I don't know. I think he wanted to get rid of me. But anyway, <laughs> we time we got through with that tour, I saw people working so hard. One guy dropped a screw, and he was behind the rest of the day. And I said, I don't want this. And so I, I decided that, was a tough job. that education was a whole lot uh, you know, more looking more better all the time. 
Yeah, but you have a chance to interact with other people at uh, the school that was and I change their that. lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've always thought, I wish we, we could go back to those days where the teachers and, and all the people in the education process had a, more leeway to work with the kids and, and develop a, a family type uh, uh, relationship. And, and now they've changed so much. It's just, um, I don't think you would like being back I, in the school. I don't again. think I would either. I think uh, he well, got. A, I think he got out at way, the right time. Yeah. I looked at it and I told my teachers, "You can do anything that you've got guts enough to do, mm-hmm. but you better be right if somebody questions you." And you know, and you talking about a kid can't sit in your lap. They, can, you can have a kid sit in your lap. Uh, but you know, you got to go about the right way. And, uh, that's what I had kids get off the bus crying and sit in my lap till it time to go to the room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, did I let them? You darn right. I let them because they quit crying. And, uh, I, my philosophy was sometimes a kid comes to school and the best selling hours of his day is when he's at school. Yeah. And I'm going to try to make that as enjoyable as I can and still get the job done and, and that's what my teachers did and that's, that's that's the way it should be and it could still be that way Truman yeah. but people are afraid well you, you know all it takes is one or two little bad incidences right. and it changed the whole world that's right and it, 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 it's, it's sad that we've got into there's no common sense to anything no, anymore no. And, that's and, true. And, and when you take the love out of the classroom uh, you, you're not near as successful. It, it well, bothers there's, everybody. There's always people watching you, yeah. waiting for you to slip up, and that puts you in a very, very tight environment yeah. because you you can't do what comes naturally to you. You've got people that are just waiting to protest against something. Yeah. Well, and they're they're looking for something to make a name for themselves. I don't care who it hurts. Yeah. And teaching and police work, they're right out there in the front. Uh, and I'll give you, for instance, uh, I went to every basketball game we had. Mm-hmm. In 36 years, I think I missed three games. But I wanted to know if something happened, I wanted to be there to witness it myself. Yeah. And so uh, we, we it was right before I retired, we played at a certain school, and I was there sitting right behind the bench. And the next morning, this mama called me and said, I am complain about your coach. I said, well, let's hear it. And she said, uh, he spanked the kid right in front of everybody at the ball game last night. And I'm thinking, well, you watching the same game I watched because I sat right there. Well, I said, well, how did you know this? Well, my daughter, I dropped my daughter off. Well, that flew all over me because I hated that. And I, yeah. I told her, I said, lady, I was there right behind the bench. What happened? The kid came out and he patted him on the hind end because he'd done a good job. Yeah. The little girl saw it as different and told mama and mama took it up. And I told her, I said, if you come to the ball games, I'll let you in free. And you can, you can see it for yourself. Well, I never heard from that woman again. But that's the way people do. It just and it's it, it it hurts. I mean, it could have really hurt the coach. Well, I yeah. I was there. I didn't have to call somebody to see what happened. I was sitting right there, and uh, that's that's why I would encourage all the principals in this county. Hey, you go if your if your kids are playing, you need to be there. And yeah. you know you cannot if can't be that busy. I I never did let myself get that busy that I couldn't go. You know, I'm, I'm used to being in court and watching cases and things like that. And the thing about it is that though you name two professions. One is education and the other one is law enforcement. And if you have never walked in their shoes uh, on a daily basis, it's hard to uh, be uh, a juror and make correct decisions because you don't have the off, uh, all the information that's available both uh, in, in the education process and actually being the one that 
makes all of those type of decisions in just a, a split second. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Mr. Larry Stewart and Miss Bobby Stewart. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Carly Henry, and I love Adam's Place. We do enjoy the book reviews, and we play cards a lot. Play hand and foot. And I've learned to play bridge since I've been here, and that's been a lot of fun. And we play billiards. I would encourage my friends to come to Adams Place because that Adams Place is the premier facility of this type, then it's a good choice. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Guys, there's a lot of people talking about testosterone these days, but do your homework and be sure you go to a provider that you can trust. I recommend Low T Center. There are many reasons why. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness. They check all your levels, not just testosterone. They determine the cause of any symptoms you're having and whether or not you're a candidate to low T or something else like thyroid or even sleep apnea. Their annual health assessment is typically completely covered by most health insurance and is thorough, checking everything from PSA, which is your prostate levels, thyroid, liver, kidney functions, cholesterol, glucose, and more. Low T Center has affordable and convenient options for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatment that ships to your home. Make your health a priority this year and schedule your annual health assessment today. It's covered by most health insurance or less than $100 cash pay. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment today. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. WGNS is growing to better serve North Rutherford County. We have a powerful signal in Smyrna and Laverne on FM 100.5. In Murfreesboro, we have you covered on FM 101.9. And of course, since 1947 on AM 1450. Plus, listen online on your phone and smart speakers at WGNSRadio.com. We're expanding our coverage area to ensure that all 624 square miles of the county are covered. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Highway Patrol is announcing its safety enforcement plan for New Year's Eve. THP says starting Friday night, troopers will go on traffic patrol, including doing seatbelt, driver's license, and sobriety checks. The plan will end Sunday at midnight. THP says nine people were killed in eight traffic accidents during the holiday last year, and more than 100 people were arrested for drunk driving. Now, the Cheatham County Sheriff's Office is investigating the discovery of a body in the Cumberland River. It was found near the old Kenworth plant Tuesday afternoon. The Sheriff's Office says the body appears to be that of a white man with some tattoos and had been in the water for a long time. There are currently no missing person reports in Cheatham County. Murfreesboro Parks Director Thomas Laird says the polar bear plunge at the outdoor sports comm swimming pool will be Saturday, January 8th. We have games for kids called the Arctic Adventure. So from 8 to 10, we're indoors in the gym. And then about 10 o'clock, we'll bring everyone together. We'll head out to the outdoor pool and have a big countdown. Everyone will jump in. 
Forecasters say the weather January 8th will see a low of 36 and the high of around 50. There's also a 24% chance of rain mixed with wind speeds of 9 miles an hour. Rutherford County Fire and Rescue bought six LifePak 15 cardiac monitors. They were paid for with funds from the General Assembly's 2021-22 local government grant program for recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. Rutherford County received just under $1.8 million from the governor's local support grant, and rescue was allocated around $300,000 of that by the county for the cardiac monitors and extraction tools for its fire trucks. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. If you can dream it, Fair Construction can turn it into reality. Shop local, Fair Construction Company. I'm Ron Hall. Investing in property can be nerve-wracking. It does not have to be. Fair Construction offers high-quality craftsmanship, quick response, and attention to detail. Our goal is to keep your expenses low while focusing on our attention on high-quality services. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building. All of the proceeds that we generate from our store goes directly back into the ministry for those programs that Greenhouse has. So we would just encourage people to come out and take a look. The Garden Patch offers competitive prices on name brand clothing, furniture, large appliances, household items, toys, and more. Shopping at the Garden Patch helps Greenhouse Ministries inspire, give hope, and change lives. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered rain showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Cloudy skies high in the low 70s. Winds out of the east around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 56. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, Home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. What I'll do, I'll give you $30. You want to finish that story or do you want well, to? I, I, I can. Uh, we, y'all were talking about how everybody's always taking care of me yeah and uh, that's mostly true uh the first one was miss Lillian knight mm-hmm. she was the first full year i was principal she was hired as secretary and uh she's decided that she, that she was going to leave at, that year at christmas mm-hmm. and i said well that's all right i'm gonna leave at the end of the year and go back to kentucky well, as it turned out, she stayed 29 years and I stayed 36. But uh, she she only worked part-time. Now, she was secretary and bookkeeper, and she only worked part-time. She made $5 a day and drove from Milton, mm-hmm. which was, seemed like a lot further then than it is now. And she told me at, at Christmas, she said, I just I got to go back to Singer. I, you know, I'm, I'm losing money to work here. I love it, but I'm losing money to work here. Yeah. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Miss Knight. I'll give you $30 a month to fill out the cafeteria report because Miss Thomas don't want to do it. Yeah. And uh, she said, okay. So $30 a month kept Miss Knight on as secretary until it finally, finally got full-time. But she was still secretary and bookkeeper. And uh, But that, that's where did where that it, $30 come from? out the, the the cafeteria fund well why weren't you paying her before because i i <laughs> that wasn't part of her job the, yeah but, then, but the poor thing what was she making five dollars a day <laughs> oh god <laughs> well you got to remember the time this was you know salary wise and everything 
Bless her heart. That's what I said. Bless your heart. <laughs> I'm gonna give you thirty dollars a month, and and that's that. That was enough to put her over the hump, and she wouldn't starve to death. And then, and she loved you uh, ever since that. That that's amazing. It, because you stood up for your people, and that makes a big difference as somebody well, who uh, is in I charge. I really needed her to stay because she had done learned. She used to say, if I don't go to hell for lying for myself, I'll go to hell for lying for you. Mm -hmm. And so she was, she could take care of that part. And, uh, and I needed some, some help. And, you know, they always say the worst thing a principal can do is make his secretary the assistant principal. Well, in a school like that, you have to. Yeah. When I'd be gone, she'd be in charge. And uh, I went to school, went to town one day for something, and I came back and wasn't anybody there but Fuzz, the janitor. I said, mm -hmm. Fuzz, where's everybody at? And he said, well, Miss Knight was listening to the weather report, I think, in Alaska. And they said snowing, so she called the buses, <laughs> and they went home. <laughs> I said, well, I mean, what else could I say? They were already gone home. But uh, that's all the kids were voting for her to well, be well, principal. Well, sure they were. That. They was telling her that it was snowing like crazy in, in Compton, probably. But uh, that uh, those were the good old days. Every every community had their own system, and uh, we would have to. I would have to watch the river over Guy James mm -hmm. because when the water got above the bridge, we had to turn those kids out and let them get home. Yeah, and uh, we would sometime. Uh, T.L. Hopkins and I would ride over there and check the river, and uh, it wouldn't be up over the bridge, but we knew it was coming, so we'd turn school out, you know. But uh, somebody called in the show the other day and said they rode uh, Bob Kerr's bus when Timmy Black took over, and Timmy would make him ride out on the fenders or going across the river there and make sure the water wasn't up in the bus. And you know, gosh, could you do that now? But, you'd get, uh, that you'd was, get sued. Yeah. Common, common sense. Bobby, you were mentioning earlier. Uh, oh, I just wanted to say we had been away from Sylvan Park since, you know, he's been sick and everything and recuperating. Yeah. And we went yesterday for the first time, and it was good to see Pat and James Hamblin and their yeah. son Jeff. Hadn't seen them in a while. And uh, we saw Joe Liggett and J.D. Kennedy and um, – Don Mosier. Don Mosier, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Did was, you mention Hodge, Terry Hodge? No, we didn't. He would get be the, very He upset had already gone. Oh, okay. He had already gone because we were, we were running late and uh, moving slow here lately, both of us, just taking our time, trying not to get anxious about anything. But you also said something about authority figures. That, that that they can uh, tell other people what to do. Oh yeah. But they can't do it themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> he is he is an administrator, and he mm -hmm. and he's never he's never stopped being an, an administrator. Mm -hmm. So you know, he's used to giving orders. How did he? How did he become so successful as? what he did in relationship with others was that because of the home that he was raised in in kentucky uh, back then his mother she taught school yeah so one room she, yeah, yeah well yeah yeah and uh but uh, back then the woman did uh, just about everything in the house yeah so you know larry didn't have to do laundry didn't have to make his bed. He helped his daddy outside. So it was a different but environment. She, but she she was in a school pretty much every day except for yes, the weekend. Yeah. They just, uh, it was just what the women did. Yeah. Now, not my mama. No, not my mama. Well, very seldom did women work out of the house. Yeah. In fact, the most of the time they did, they were school teachers. But she did. That's right. She was a school teacher yeah. right down the road. We right. walked. Well, sometimes I rode my stick horse, but we had to get there. Yeah. And uh, so when my mama never finished college, when she, she started teaching school before she finished college, which most of them did back in those days. So she mm -hmm. would go back to Murray, which was 35 miles, which was a long way then. Mm -hmm. In the summer, 
to take courses to graduate. And so when she would leave, she would she would make extra biscuit dough when she made biscuits every morning. Mm-hmm. And I would take that biscuit dough and I would make my brother and I a chocolate pie. You'll put butter in there and chocolate and sugar and stuff and bake it and stuff. And he never did anything. But I had to do that. And then I would have a pound a pon of cornbread made when Mama come in for supper. Mm-hmm. And we, we had a crock pot, which was a, a big stove on the old heat stove, wood stove. And we'd keep white beans in it. And we'd just throw some more in there every once in a while when we'd get low. We always, every meal, we had great northern beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we called them soup beans because yeah. you come by there yeah. with dipper of water and put some more water in there and then it would cook you all always, day and you'd have you beans always had that night. Bis- but I always for made breakfast. the cornbread. And then we worked in the garden. You always had biscuits for breakfast and cornbread for supper. We never did have sandwich bread unless we had it for lunch. No raisin bran or anything no. like that? Mm-hmm. Biscuits and cornbread. Now we God. would stand in line at the high school and get commodities mm-hmm. right after the war uh, and you know everybody i mean i don't care how well off you were you stood up there and you got your flour and you know and you you didn't buy uh, wonder bread and stuff because you didn't have any money mm-hmm. well you know you made your bread and that was just understood uh, I, gosh i can't remember when i ate my first piece of light bread probably at school uh, but uh, and we had that same kind of food at school, turnip greens, pentos, or great northern beans, cornbread every day. And but His daddy was in charge of making the cornbread. He was good at it. He made the thin cornbread. <laughs> he was good at it. But you could, get, you could get dried beans, pentos, great northern, butter beans. You could get cheese, milk, um, powdered milk sometimes, and flour and meal uh, the basics you could get the basics at the commodity line and uh, we used them when my dad was out of work and we had to feed five six children we were all poor back then. that's right Everybody that's right uh, so what you got were the basics and yeah. then you you made it yeah into food but the, f- which, the milk- you know it wasn't processed you couldn't buy yeah. it in a can the, but, the you milk. know, I've always wondered, when y'all came to Murfreesboro in Rutherford County for Larry to be at school at, at MTSU and play basketball, uh, I always wondered, how in the world did y'all feel like that you had moved to a castle <laughs> and become extraordinarily rich living there on January Street? It's, had, it's always... We had running <laughs> water in the house. Uh-huh. First time I had ever experienced running water in a house. Yeah. And uh, so by that, and then I didn't have to chop any wood to build a fire to heat the house. We had a little gas heater under the steps. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was I had died and gone to heaven, man. And, you know, all you had to do was walk across Bridge Avenue to Willard Montgomery store over there and, you know, get you a candy bar. They started making uh, double colas and in eight packs instead of six, well, you kept your bottles. That was our savings account. So when, we, when we'd be low on money and need something, we'd take some Coke bottles over to Willard's. Willard would give us a nickel apiece farm or whatever they were, and we'd buy whatever we needed. Buy a pound of bologna, a can of Vienna sausage. I used to make homemade pizzas over on January Street, make my own dough and everything make homemade pizzas were they like sir pizzas and all that stuff they wasn't no such it was food let me just say you you know it was food it was food for us but when we moved in there we had they larry's mom and daddy built the house while he was in college Hmm. so as long as he lived with his mom and daddy they didn't have running water or an indoor bathroom yeah and you know that's something different for me because I moved around so much. We lived in bigger cities mm-hmm. and pulled our trailers. So we always had water and sewage hookups everywhere mm. we moved. So this was something that I didn't grow up with as much as he did. 
because I had experienced these things, but at the time, I didn't know it was a luxury, you know. Well, we all, um, most of us around here, when I was growing up, we grew up the way Larry grew up. Yeah. We didn't have any, any of those great facilities like I, I they feel did like, later on. Yeah, I feel I like really, if we had stayed, yeah. you know, I would have been the race, same, raised the same way, but we had different avenues of growth. and um, Isn't it funny how you, if you grow up like Larry and I did, uh, any th- improvement that you had over the years was really something special. It was. I mean, was. You, you stepped up quite a bit when you, you were able to go to those um, places that had everything that was uh, served I, for you. I didn't realize... Uh, Laws are different in different states. Uh, when my mom and daddy decided in January the 1st, 1961, mm-hmm. to build this new house, they didn't put in a septic tank. Mm-hmm. Because in Kentucky, you didn't have to have a septic tank if you had five acres or more. They'd just run out somewhere. Yeah. And ours was the hog lot. And... Uh, did you have a one-seater or a two-seater? Well, ours was one. Okay. But it was it was one of those kind that was uh, that was moved around a lot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Even the schools had that here. Oh yeah. When well, we, when I went to Kettle the one room schoolhouse, the girls had a had an outhouse. Yeah. The boys had to go down in the woods, but that was okay with us because while we was down there. We could swing on grapevines. Yeah, oh, gosh. You, you, you were Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. throw our pocket knives. Yeah. And uh, me and Jimmy Stevens and I, the little boy I grew up with, we're thinking about suing Bobby's brother because he now owns that property, and he has bulldozed some of our landmarks, like oh. where the tree that we carved our initials on. Yeah. Stuff, you know, he's pushed him down. Oh, that, did you? Well, did oh, you we, car- we told on him. Did you carve Bobby's name? Uh, she wasn't tree. there then. Oh, no. she didn't come right. in. So she she was lived in Michigan. She didn't. She came in when she was a junior. Mm-hmm. Six weeks into my sophomore a year. Sophomore, I take it. She was in the same class with my brother. Okay. And I tell everybody that she knocked my brother out of being in the top ten in the class. Because she made him have 11 in the class when she moved in, <laughs> knocked him out of being in the top 10. Now, if mm-hmm. she'd have moved into my class, she would knock me out of being in the top 12, because there was 12 <laughs> in my class. Bobby's smart. She was. To you, be you, moved around. You've kind of lifted him up all these years, haven't you, Bobby? Uh, well, we moved around so much, <laughs> I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And in Michigan... If they would have food drive and newspaper drives, and if you would bring in so many pounds of each, mm-hmm. then you were op, uh, able to go on a bus and listen to the symphony. I didn't oh, know wow. what a symphony was, and I would make sure that I had enough clothes, enough newspapers, that I would get a seat on that bus, and I enjoyed going and listening to the symphony and i learned so much you know you don't applaud at a symphony until the conductor turns around and faces the audience and you know you learn these things i learned something everywhere we lived i learned something so you know i don't regret it the only thing i regret is that i don't have any lifelong friends Mm -hmm. until i was a sophomore in high school that's a hard thing to miss, isn't it? I know, because I saw something on Facebook the other day. Is Do you have friends from 20 years ago that you mm-hmm. still talk to? I don't qualify for that. Um, I mean, I have friends, but they were all from my sophomore year on up. When you were at Bud Mitchell's, when Larry was still had that little thing go wrong, uh, Almost everybody in there, or most of them, I have known pretty much my whole life. And Bud, you know, we've known each other for, uh, I guess, 75 years uh, and and grew up together. That makes a big difference when you have that type of relationship for it so does. long. And that's why I lo- love living in in Rutherford County because... 
our uh, we go back so far. I mean, my family does for two or three hundred years. But uh, it, it's it's good to have that kind of a relationship where you you never worry about anything. You always are going to pick the other one up when things go down. But you still you guys have that relationship here in Rutherford County well, because see, I, of all the people that you have helped for all these years. I have I have friends of 20 years, yeah. but they're all from my adult years. Like yeah. the people I worked with at State Farm, you know, I've known them for over 20 years. And, yeah. you know, we've got close friends, but from my childhood, I do not remember classmates. That's amazing because it, it's hard for me to even put myself in your I place know. doing that. I know. Yeah. Well, I was telling you this morning, a lot of my friends are friends that I play ball with at MTSU. They're, right. We're still close. And Mississippi, too. We're mm -hmm. still close. Uh, one of them, a lot of people that's our age will remember uh, Mike Milholland played in, graduated in 1965. Mm-hmm. Still holds the record for the most points ever scored in the game over there, I guess. One night, he got 44 points and 38, nine rebounds or something like that. I mean, it was just unreal. And uh, But he died uh, the day after Christmas. He had decided back. This this, this Christmas? Right. Uh, just just oh, day, this last week. Yeah. Uh, he had decided. He'd been sick for seven years. Yeah. And he had decided he had come home with hospice and uh, – he decided that uh, he was tired of all of that, and he just wanted to end it. Yeah. So on December the 12th or something like that, he's, he's told his wife in hospice, he said, I'm ready to go. I'm going to quit taking my medicine. I'm going to quit eating, and I'm ready to go. So we all called him and talked to him, and, and he was, you know, this the same old Mike Milholland, gutsy and tough as nails, and uh, he he died the day after Christmas, yeah. and he's he's finally pain free. Yeah. And uh, we uh, uh, Ray Kemp lived down in Florida. He called him every day. I called him a couple times. Bobby called one time, and just because we would always get together for Legends Day in January, February, and mm -hmm. they would everybody would come home. And Mike lived in Gallatin, uh, and then him and his wife decided about, I don't know, four years ago or something like that, they were going to move to West Tennessee because she had people down there, and she mm -hmm. knew she was going to need some help, which made sense to me. Yeah. So he lived in Savannah, Tennessee, and uh, he was a great guy, a great teammate, mm -hmm. because if, if, if it went up and didn't go in, you had a pretty good chance of getting it back because him and Ray Kemp would get it, and Jimmy Spencer too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, he was a great guy, and that's, that's this – one more of my teammates that's going by falling by the wayside. You wanted him on your side. You dang right. When a little anger. Why are you kicking me? I was going to say that <laughs> <laughs> I was kicking you. I was tapping you because I wanted to talk. Well, See, that's what's so amazing. I'm glad about you didn't tap me. <laughs> oh, well. That's what's so amazing about yeah. that stroke. When he couldn't talk, you know mm -hmm. something's wrong. Yeah. But anyway, the night I called Mike. I was crying because, mm. you know, I couldn't understand the decision and everything. Yeah. And bless his heart, he was consoling me. Yeah. He said, Bobby, it's okay. I'm at, I'm at peace with this. Yeah. And um, I just want to pray for Sherry because, you know, that's a tough way to lose your spouse. Yeah. But Mike had two boys. Both of them played basketball in college. One of them played at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. It was pretty good. And uh, but uh, Yeah, I remember that. Todd Bill Holland. He yeah. Was, he was, when he came there, uh, A.G. and I were going to all the Vanderbilt games at that time, and we thought, man, you know, they were throwing the ball and it go through his hands and hit his chest, and then he would catch it. We thought, man, he's, his hands are terrible. Roy Skinner and C.M. Newton and the coaches down there, they made a player out of him, Will Perdue and some of the rest of them. Oh, gosh, but yeah. Todd Bill Holland, uh, he wasn't near as tough as his daddy was. And uh, I was telling you at breakfast, we were playing at Eastern Kentucky. And everybody knows where that is. And uh, Dan Midget, good old Dan Midget, he's been dead a while. 
Him and another boy used to tie the ball up and down on the floor while they was wrestling around there. Well, the referees broke it up. And uh, they had a big center named Bobby Tolan. He was 6'9", weighed 280. And he was like a drag line. He was that, that just big and huge and all man. He was standing beside of me, and here come Bill Holler, flying through there, and he dived right on top of the pile. Well, the fight started. Now, if I was going to fight, I was going to have to fight Bobby Tolan. Well, I done decided against that. And so this arm went around my shoulders, and I looked, and it was Tolan. He said, Stuart, you won't part of that? I said, well, no, sir, Bobby, I was thinking about staying here with you. He said, that's what I thought. <laughs> and so I did. But I told Milholland later, I said, hey, man, you don't do that at Eastern Kentucky. Everybody in here has got a knife. Most of them got a gun. Hey, we in Eastern Kentucky don't do that anymore. Wait till we get to Murfreesboro and then do it. What do you think Tolan's real intentions were at that time when he I don't had know. his arm he around him? He could have body slammed me. At any time, because he was two, 280 and I was 165. Now, that wouldn't have been much of a match, would it? You know, back in those days when, you, when you're talking about, there were an, a number of altercations that would happen on, oh, yeah. on the court. And, and then after everybody pretty much lost their energy, then the, 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 the game would be on. But now, if, if you do something that even looks like you're trying to um, start a fight or, or whatever, well, I mean, you're you're thrown out of the game. They they're taking the the, the stuff out of sports, like they got to protect the quarterback, and I understand that. But you got to let them play. I can remember playing going to MTSU. When Dickie Thomas got hit so hard at quarterback, he went to the wrong huddle mm -hmm. the next play and was in there calling plays. And, and I don't know, Jimbo Pearson or somebody went and got him, brought him back to the right huddle. And, you know, they didn't stop the game. They didn't call anybody for targeting. You know, they just, just uh, told Dickie, said, well, here, smell this smelling sauce and get back in your right huddle. Uh, but that's the way it was back in the 60s. Well, can you imagine Dick Butkus? playing in today's world oh, God. <laughs> i mean the, he, he just wanted to just assassinate everybody on the, the other side everybody but, is trying to hurt somebody yeah you know you know it's okay to tackle you it's okay to block them but you know don't go after them with your head and stuff like that I, i'm glad they call that targeting because it's ridiculous yeah it's head, in, head injuries are are the worst of all yeah because just about every one of us that played football has been pretty much uh, sidelined for for it, back then. It was two or three minutes, and then you're oh, back yeah. out there. As yeah. soon as you knew what your name was. What Ray Hughes used to say: If you get up and something ain't left laying, then you ain't hurt, boy. Get back in there. Yeah. And uh, that's the way it was when you played, and when Ray Hughes coached yeah. up at Murphy, Jack Deer, that bunch. That, those were good old days. They but were. you mentioned the name Bubba Murphy. Nobody will ever in today's world realize what a great ambassador he was for no. MTSU no. or MTSC back then. And you know then. what? Uh, I, I say Bubba Murphy helped me. He took care of me. And anybody that went through MTSU in the 50s and early 60s, it says Bubba Murphy didn't help him as a liar. Whether yeah. you play sports or not, uh, Bubba Murphy would help you. And he taught classes so everybody knew him. And uh, but he he and all the coaches were that way. I can remember when we would go on a basketball trip, like to Eastern and Moorhead, we'd have to be gone on Friday through Monday. Yeah, the coaches would have to get other people to cover their classes, the tricky talk classes, coach snow talk classes. But all the kids had to take PE classes, so they knew them. Yeah, that's why they came to the ball games. Now they don't have a clue who Nick McDivitt is, uh, unless they go to the ball game and then they don't go because they ain't got any reason to go. And yeah. they got 500 channels on the TV. Uh, so we don't have any crowds, student crowd at, at the ball games. The big supporters are the people, the older people from Murfreesboro that go there. And I have I, never understood uh, – why they don't reach out more because we've had conversations about this almost everybody that goes to the games um 
they're the ones that really are the major supporters of the university itself. And a lot of them probably never went to MTSU. But they're there, and, and they yeah. want to support their home school. But MTSU has to realize that their home is right here in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County, and they are all uh, interrelated. Well, now, let me say this. Yeah. That you're right, uh, but uh, a lot of people – that our fans keep waiting on somebody to come to them. Yeah. They'll say, well, the coach never spoke to me. That's not his job. Yeah. You know, you need to initiate it. Now, they talk to me because I talk to them. Yeah. And uh, But uh, a, a lot of that is not the university's problem. But it's a lot of it is our problem. But we see it because it affects us. You know, we talk about the railing in between down the steps. Yeah. For us old people, us, yeah. uh, Bob Ferris, Ed Reasonover, that sit there. You know, we need something to hold on to to get down the steps without falling. Yeah. And now I've got former students that will come and, and help me down the steps. Whether I ask them or not, uh, and, you know, I don't turn them down because – I have almost fallen down those steps, and it's it's not fun. Yeah, but, but Nikki. That, you know, this this one little old rail. But if you do it for us, you got to do it for everybody in the gym. See, nobody we know what we want, but we don't know what the next person wants. But we've gotten too large because. This town, I used to know everybody yeah. in Murfreesboro and in Rutherford County, all the way from borderline to borderline. But now, it, just like uh, uh, the, the uh, AD, uh, 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 he he's not from here, but he would not know everybody's name, but everybody wants him to know their That's name. Right. Everybody wants to be recognized, yeah. and, and it, it's impossible to do that. And the relationship has to be built up on both sides. And, you know, I'm, the BRAA. Go ahead, ma'am. <laughs> oh, I'm I sorry, Bob. We had hey, I it easy I, 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 this I, I, I yeah. just want to thank Nikki. Nikki Bowen helped Larry down the steps, and so did Tommy Carter yeah. the last time we and went Ed to a ball game. Happy, but, uh, were they helping him down or pushing him? Well, no, they were, <laughs> they they were, were helping. helping. <laughs> okay. They were helping. Because they realized that, well, Especially one of them realizes that if it hadn't been for me, he probably would never got out of high school. So I won't say which one, so you can figure that out. But but anyway, Massaro, he he makes it his job. He knows most everybody, and uh, that. Uh, but it's it, it's it's a it's a two way street. I will put it that way. Yeah. Now I was going to say before I was kicked over here, in the BRAA, when Alan Farley was there. He was ahead of the BRAA, and he knew everybody. And he took care of everybody, and he would say, you need anything. And if I had somebody coming in to go to a ball game, I'd say, hey, Alan, I need a couple of tickets. Get them. Yeah. Now, I could have afforded to buy those tickets, but it was just really nice to know that oh, Alan Farley was going to take care of me because I paid my dues. And yeah. uh, he was uh, – and we hadn't had that. Uh, as much because Allen was a local boy. I knew Allen when he was in high school. He would come out from Oakland to see his brother and he'd ride the bus and he would. And we had to have a little talk to establish a pecking order one day because he wasn't from there. But that we worked that out. And uh, he, he did a great job. And since you don't have to tell you, say what good job he's doing with the election commission. Yeah. B-R-A-A, what does that stand for? Blue Raider Athletic Association. Oh, I thought it was a Babe Ruth All-American. No, well, see, that's that's why you don't need to be thinking. You get in trouble when you start thinking. Now, see, you are definitely from Kentucky. So what you're trying to say that I start thinking, not thinking, uh, because well, I don't do much thinking, I can tell well, you that. Well, when I was raised up at Route 1 Wingo, Kentucky, we, it was thinking. Thinking. What time is it? Oh, gosh, we've gone. I knew I knew we were getting close. Goodness gracious, Brian will be calling you. Brian's gone to sleep. What, what do you want to we sleep? Gotta, we got to get over there and get his heart monitor on. Oh, golly. 
Tell me how that thing works. I do not know. Out. We're all going to find out today at 11 o'clock. Okay. Uh, I want to know. I want to know next time I see him if I'm yeah, going to be able we'll, to. Yeah, we'll, we'll come down to the restaurant and he can show you his heart monitor. <laughs> now, he's, now Brian woke up. He says wrap up the show. Yeah, now. well. He's given <laughs> us enough time to get across town to the seating building. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at night. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.